0: Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce?
1: Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence.
0: This episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce is brought to you by Brannigan Inc. For nearly two decades, Brannigan Inc. has energized brands in the entertainment industry, helping fairs and festivals connect with audiences. Their creative, results-driven marketing approach drives attendance and makes communications fun. Check them out at BranniganInc.com.
1: Also, this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Weather Insurance. Spectrum Weather Insurance provides a variety of rain, heat, severe weather, and event cancellation insurance customized for your specific event. They have the experience and expertise that hundreds of events rely on each year. Visit them at SpectrumWeatherInsurance.com. can hear us okay
2: i can i'm okay. neil
1: okay i i know that so I'm bruce. and i'm, I'm justine bruce. uh hi, hi so. justine hi bruce <laughs> so you
2: can't make fun like that today you can't say that anymore why are you is your name really bruce
1: no my name's justine and i'm bruce we we're just yeah, playing bruce, around
2: but you, no i'm messing with you i'm yeah I, I still make fun of everything everything that you're not supposed to say i still say Okay, so oh, you're yes. going to
1: call her Justin and I'm Bryce. <laughs>
2: that's right. Sounds good to me.
1: It's going to be just an audio podcast. It's not video. So we'll okay. take we'll take the audio from this because, as you can see, I have a face for radio. So yeah, me too. That's uh-huh. why it's uh yeah. the audio. We will take the audio. Bruce, maybe
2: yeah. maybe a face. Justine, you have a face for everything.
0: Oh, did you hear that? I, mean, I didn't
2: mean that like this, but... You're much prettier than radio.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm going to write that down, Neil. Thank you.
2: Okay. I'll
1: just leave you guys. Uh Yeah, it's because uh, at some point it's which way is catering with Justine. That's right. Do you have any questions for us before we get started?
2: I don't. I'm just excited to see what y'all have to say or ask or whatever.
0: Okay, Cool. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce.
1: Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence, today's guest on our podcast is the one and only Neil McCoy. Hi, Neil.
2: Hello, Bryce. Justin, y'all good?
1: right on cue and you know what's gonna happen is we'll send you that 50 bucks and and a nice parting (laughs) gift and a t-shirt
2: that's right yeah so uh,
1: good to see you neil thanks for spending the time with us today probably my first question to you is what do you think about and share some thoughts when i mention variety attractions
2: george Boffett.
1: Usually, what happens is when we mention variety attractions and you responded with George Moffat, do you have any George Moffat stories with him? And can you do your best George Moffat impersonation?
2: You know, I can't do one at all, but, but so many people do so well. I mean, if, they, if they've got the little bit of the cigar left and, and just, you know, kind of smacking around and the way they're talking, it, it just. <laughs> It's it's all he's. I worked with him back in even before probably a lot of the artists that you'll even interview because I I started with Charlie Pride in 81, 82 and he, of course he was doing George Moffat shows also so I didn't I got to meet George back then uh, and he didn't he did probably I was just a little open act that Charlie was taking around with him a little bit uh, but so I've been been working with that whole Moffat bunch a, a long long time you know I, the, the two things that I always remember about a variety attraction show and George catering was, was, there was never that. I know this is called worst (laughs) catering There was never that. So take that out. Uh, which way to catering, but (laughs) it, it never failed. And we are have a pretty good reputation of, of entertaining. I mean, we are, we, we feel like we, we give you everything we have, but George would always say, can you give me a couple extra tonight? He always wanted you to do more songs. I mean, he would always, and you could, I could have played three hours uh, and the next show, he'd have come back and said, "Ah, can you give me just a couple more extra? (laughs) No, George. In fact, I'm going to give you a couple less just for asking again and again.
1: again. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any uh, monumental variety attraction shows that you've done that you can talk about right off the top of your
2: head? Country cons, I think it's country concert in the hills. at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Fort Laramie, in that in that and yep. and that was that was one that that was one of the bigger ones we did. Of course we have done every probably every type of venue with George because he was so hugely successful in, in handling a little bit of everything. But but I always loved country concert in the hills because we always got to play with other acts like like these festivals, but it just seemed like we seemed to match up with the people that they would put us with that day, whether it was Oh, my gosh. I remember one of my most favorite times we played there. We were watching. I was watching B.J. Thomas on stage. And then I went and sat on Loretta Lynn's bus and visited with her for a while. My family was out with me that summer. And I thought those, those are two of my favorite singers of all time. So I got to, got to see them. And, and you know, and, and that thing grew. It just continued to grow. And, and uh, one of my favorite times, not, not necessarily George himself, but one of my favorite memories of that particular concert. I'm a real active guy on stage and I, I climb a lot of stuff. Or used to, now they won't let me climb. They think I'm too old, but, but I'm not too old. I can still climb, but they they take everything away. They take the ladders away. They take everything away that I can get up on the roof or dance on anything. And, and so they could, but I, I climbed the, they, had, they used to have a big building over us. Uh, and I somehow, I don't even know how I did it, but I got up on top of that. And then I shimmied up the shingle all the way to the very, very <laughs> tip
1: uh, we we saw the
2: picture. We have pictures. Oh. oh, did you really? Uh-huh. It was dark and cold and wet and uh, stupid. Pretty stupid. Really. <laughs> but I remember it.
1: <laughs> Before you wanted to be a singer, did you want to be a roofer? <laughs> be- because yeah. you're, you're up on that roof and the pitch is pretty steep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure and, you got boots on. Yeah, you I have...
2: Leather cowboy boots.
1: Yeah, yes. cowboy boots. And you got your skinny jeans on with your big belt buckle holding an american flag up there i mean i was getting nervous just staring at the picture
0: how long were you stuck up there i'm assuming you got stuck you got well
2: no i i did pretty good my road manager Les, who who used tries to follow me all the time wherever i go i don't know for safety i don't know he got just to the top of the first roof and then just flattened out. He was scared to death. <laughs> but I, I just stayed up there for a while. But but I, they weren't skinny jeans. They were Wrangler, right? standard 13 MWZ jeans. They're, they may have been tight, but definitely not skinny <laughs> jeans because real men don't wear skinny jeans, I'm just saying.
1: They were just tight. Okay, thank you, Neil. I'm with you. Amen, <laughs> brother. Amen, brother.
0: <laughs> so then the, the summer after you climbed the roof, didn't they bring in like a special lift for you so you'd stay off the roof?
2: You know, I, they, yeah, they tried to entice me into other things and I, I don't know if it's that festival, one festival I did get in a huge bucket thing, uh, but you know that all that is, stuff is really cool at the moment, when you plan it out, it's just not near as cool, so if they bring you something and they encourage you, say, oh, look what we got here, you can get in that, and I'm just not, not no, that, no, I'm going to, if it's going to be something real, then it's going to be real, it's just going to be something I go do, so. The planned stuff never works. Our shows, you know, we don't have a set list. We've never had a set list. So we just kind of make it up as we go along. And it works that way for us.
1: Your shows, both from an entertainment value and music value is very spontaneous and unpredictable. Where did that come from?
2: You know, it just seemed to work for me. When I got my country music career started in 81, I won a contest in Dallas. I got, I made Charlie Pride. And he said, Neil, he said, if you want you come out my, my company, if you don't, if you want to like sign with us, we'd like to book and manage you. And I said, nah, Charlie, I can do better. Thank you. No, I didn't. I said, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, and he, he just, he put me out with his band and I had a tough time trying to figure out what I wanted to, or at least I had a set list when I went up there with his band uh, because, and, but then I, I would change from it that, you know, one or two songs in, I would change. and And I just realized then that I don't like. Having a list, uh, and then when I got my own band a few years later and started really out there doing it, it just seemed to make sense for us. Luckily, I'm, I'm pretty quick on my feet, pretty witty. But but we still all have down times, or or, or, or are we you know you live and die by that. Sometimes you die by it. But even if you die, if you if you'll just tell the audience, you know what, I'm dying up here, or I just died just a couple minutes ago, then it doesn't matter. As long as you let them in on everything, yeah, this is my if you let the audience in on everything, if the guitar player misses a riff or if I sing flat or sharp, uh, I just say, boy, I just flat missed that one. I didn't get there uh, or got over top of it. They're cool with it, and and that seems to work best for us and my personality. Uh, so I, it's just something I, I started doing when I was – when I was kind of first getting going and because it just felt right for me.
0: So because each show is never the same, do you have a specific show on the top of your head where you're like, you left that one and you're like, Oh, that was the greatest ever. I did.
2: Yeah. I leave a lot of shows like that. Don't <laughs> no, so say all of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All, of yeah. Them.
1: all my shows are like that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, the, the the thing is what we, what I, at least I the approach I give each show is that that's how I want it to be. And that's what I work to. And, and so I give you, and the band and I give you everything we got and we try to create and everything. So when we do leave the stage, it's like, man, we, we just, I hope they really enjoy that because we really worked hard. And, and I tell people my attitude is all I want from an audience is, is what I give them. If they'll give me what I give them, then everybody goes home happy and excited and filled.
1: Mm -hmm. So you were saying you're, really honest with the crowd and yeah, I didn't hit that. Or someone missed that. How honest yeah. are you? Did you ever walk off stage and just fire the band?
2: Uh, you know what? I did do that once. <laughs> really? That, that's terrible. And it, but it was in, no. it was late eighties. Yeah, I did. I walked off the stage and, and I thought, and this is what I drill into all the people I've had for that. And I have now I said, look, you Work as hard as I do. If you'll work as hard as I do every night, everything'll be fine. But if you don't, if you start mailing it in, it's it's just not going to work out. It just, you know, there there are a lot of really good players, and and the secret is trying to find a a good player that's a good person, a normal person, or at least what I think is normal, mm-hmm. because it's just because you're be out there, you're out there a lot together. But I did. I walked. Yeah, I got off and, and said, man, I, I don't need y'all, I don't mm-hmm. need y'all anymore. Y'all just pack your stuff and go on and. <laughs> I'll never forget because I was I was mad at them. And I had a show the very next night, uh right here at, close to my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, she was there, she had at the show, and she said, Well how'd that go? And she said, You fire them? And I said, Yeah. <laughs> she said, You know, you got a show, <laughs> you got a show tomorrow night. And I said, God dang it. <laughs> so I went what? back to him and said, Look, y'all are still fired, but can you play tomorrow night? <laughs> 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 and they did. They they played they played the next night they were, I think that I think they figured out that they that I'm a I'm easy to work with, uh, and and so if if I got that upset they probably thought they deserved it I think because mm-hmm. I'm fair and try to be everything.
0: So then after that second show they were still fired or were you like yeah I just yeah, no my mind they were gone today. oh really yeah. wow yeah hard ass Neil,
1: well well, well it, it, it I mean you guys, country artists in general. Mm-hmm. You guys just have some solid kicking bands. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I you, the, yes, the, yeah, the act, you know, the artists that you have behind you mm-hmm. are just so talented and just rip it up all. I mean, you could walk off stage and they could just rip it up on their own. That's why it's just amazing that you actually at one point walked off <laughs> the stage and said, you know, you guys, you guys are out. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it, it was, it was young in, in, the, in my career. So looking back at it, probably, figured out another way, but I was too hot them. but I will tell you this, I think I, I, I may be the only artist that lets their band, entire band, play a song each night, uh, and always help, because I think it's important, I think it's important to them to to be heard, and for people to know that they, they're not just a, a backup band, they're not just side men, they're really talented artists that happen to back me for their living, but as a rule, they could, like you said, they you could, they're, they're all hot and smoking, and and, and so I let them, I, I show them out every night. So nice. I think it's is very it, important.
1: Is it a country song or are they kicking Led Zeppelin whole lot of love well, or something?
0: They, or do they pick whatever well, they want?
2: They, they, it's, it's up to them. Yeah. Oh, and okay. they change up. I mean, they'll, they, they change songs and, and that's okay with me. I don't care if they're just trying to do it, it doesn't matter to mm-hmm. me. But, uh, but they're always really good at it.
0: Talking about being backup for someone, tell us about your early years with Charlie Pride.
2: Well, those were great, great, great times. I met—I'm bore boy with the whole the whole thing, but I won a contest in Dallas, Texas, 1981. And through that contest, I know, Justin, you won't be able, able old enough to know. There's a name, Bruce, maybe uh, Janie Fricky. Yes. You ever heard of Janie Fricky? Mm-hmm. That is—that's old, it's, it's older country, and and Janie was being booked and managed by Charlie Pride's booking and management agency. And I want—I entered a contest ended up winning the thing. And Janie was the judge of the finals and she's the one to introduced me to Charlie. And, you know, I, I think you ought to, you ought to do this thing, go this way. Uh, and, and I, and I, I just, it's having an opportunity to, to finally get to meet Charlie and then work with him uh, and learn him and know who he is and what he was about, you know, and, and people are always, you can hear this. Well, Charlie, he must've had it tough because of, civil rights and all stuff, and when he was coming into country music, and he'll, if he, he'll be truthful with you, and he said, you know, I didn't, I didn't have it, it wasn't near as bad as what people would would have thought it'd been, he said, I couldn't go to, when the bus would stop at a uh, truck stop or something, he said, I, I, you know, I I didn't go in, he said, I knew better, but I just kind of stayed away from those moments, but he said, as a rule, people accepted him early, Uh, you know, and, and of course, I'm sure y'all know this too, but since he was black and but it, but it was a true country guy and singing country music, that their his first album was just called Country Charlie Pride without a picture on it. Hmm. Because the people got to know and love his music. So by the time they did see him and found out that he was black, uh, it, it didn't seem to bother him. You know, right at first he'd always tell the stories, you know, we'd get real quiet when he walked out, you know, after the clap and Charlie Pride walks out and but he always had ways of breaking breaking through that uh, and people understanding that Hey, this is a country guy. This is a this guy grew up on on country music, on Hank and Red Sovine and Red Foley and all that stuff. And and this is what he likes. He is not, for a lack of a better description, he is not just trying to do it because he 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 will, if if he, he may have told you stories if you talked to him. But he said sometimes he got a lot of, not a lot, but he got some grief from from the black people who would accuse him of trying to just make money. So that's why he was singing country music so he could go. To, to the white people and, and make their music and, and make more money when that wasn't it at all he said I you know I, I just love country music well that's too so that's what I started saying so he he'd be, he would be the first one if he were here to tell you look don't don't pity me everybody has tough times it's tough on everybody now it was it made some some situations may have been tougher but but he, not much as a rule he never he never said anything about race he always just he he just I'm, I'm he always just said I'm, I got a better tan than then (laughs) y'all, but he never, not like, not like some things going on today. He never did any
1: working with Charlie pride and learning from him. Tell us something about Charlie pride that really endeared him to you that people might not
2: know about. Well, just his memory. Uh, It's crazy how his memory worked. Like if he met either one of y'all today, he would, he would be able to look at you and he would probably he'd have about an 80 to 20% chance of being right on your horoscope. He, he just, I don't know how he did that. And I promise you, either one of you, if he, if he met you 40 years ago and you told him what you were, the next time he would see you, he would, he may not even remember your name, but he would know what, what sign you were. That was very important to him. You know, some people really like that stuff, but right. I, I'll tell you the greatest Charlie Pott story that, that stood out to me. we played, we were playing a, a big music festival and I sit with him and I was opening shows. I may he been singing backup in his band at the time. He, he lost a singer for a little bit. And so I kind of sang some harmony stuff, but we were sitting and it was a, it was a, like a snow ski mountain, like a ski lodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was probably a country music festival somewhere. And the band and I were sitting with Charlie and we we're sitting at a table. The, there wasn't been very many people in the room. And there was a guy sitting, couple of tables over and he was by himself and he he sat there and was just listening to us shuck and jive and talking and he when Charlie had been sitting there a while and he finally came over and he said uh, he said Mr. Pride he said you may not remember me of course a lot of people say that and, and as a rule a lot of us artists don't but every once in a while we will and uh, and he was eating Charlie was eating and he ate like a it was like his last meal. Anytime he had him he would have, and he would hunch his shoulders over. <laughs> I know it's hard for y'all to see me. Oh, got,
1: everybody God, can, yeah. everybody can picture uh, that. He would, yeah.
2: He'd gather up around the table and he would just eat like a homeless person. I mean, he eat, and he almost <laughs> looked like, like he was gardening all the time and until he got through. And, and so he finally, he got, he got through eating uh, a little bit. And then he, then he went back in and then said, that's when the man comes over and says, excuse me, Charlie, he said, "Up, uh, you don't remember me. And Charlie had already seen him. He had already noticed him. And he was eating. He said, no, yeah. Yeah. I remember you never even looked at the guy. He said, no, I remember you just kept eating. He said, no, he, he said, I know you don't. Yeah. Uh, but he said, I, I, I owe you an apology. A couple of years ago, I saw you at any named some other fair or something. And he said, yeah, oh yeah. John, and he never looked at him. So he'd already seen him. So he's eating. He said, no, yeah, yeah. I remember. He said, I remember. He said, cause I remember. And he kind of looked up the guy and he said, I had to leave right after that show. I had to go, uh, had to go do something so i had to they were taking me to the airport had to get out of there and go and he said i remember i stepped down off stage i got and i got in the car and i looked at you and you gave me a thumbs down that was two years Ooh. and he and that guy said that's exactly right I wanted to apologize I, I did i thought you were just trying to to beat it away from the audience and, and not talk to anybody and he said and, and and it I checked and you actually did go somewhere you appeared on televisions just shortly after that and he said and i just want to tell you I'm so sorry. And Charlie said, he said, that's all right. And just, it just kind of blew him off because Charlie, it hurt Charlie. Mm. And that is how, that is how he was. He loved people and wanted everybody to love him. But Mm. that one guy, two years before that, as he was being rushed off the stage and getting in a car, he saw that guy and that guy gave him a thumbs down Mm. and it it stayed in his brain and and that face stayed in his brain. And so he had already seen him. I don't even know when he saw him,
0: Mm.
2: but he knew that guy was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and I, I just think that's the greatest story because that's how much, not just the music that Charlie made, but the people meant to him. And so, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I'm certainly not not to that extent, but I do see every once in a while, I'll see somebody if you're performing or something, somebody's, they'll give you kind of a roll of their eyes or something, you know, and, and they kind of, they stick out to you. But I don't think two years later, I could have picked out somebody rolling their eyes at me. <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. a great Charlie Pride story and a, and a true one.
1: So I guess that Charlie Pride catering was not a George Moffat catering, if he's hunching over Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> what, what was Charlie's favorite catering item?
2: Oh, he loved ice cream. Oh.
1: Ice cream, loved right. ice Man,
2: cream. And after my look.
0: own heart right there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he liked to eat. There wasn't much, I don't really remember any time that Charlie didn't eat everything that they offered. Of course, I was. I never paid much attention at a George Moffat show. <laughs> that had probably been the first time that Charlie wouldn't have eaten him. Because he'd you been lucky, you know, you had a quarter of a submarine sandwich and, and that's it.
0: Besides the George Moffat catering, Neil, what's your favorite catering? Like when you get to a venue and they're serving up, you know, pizza or whatever, what's your go to?
2: Well, pizza. Like vegetarian. Good. Oh pizza. Uh oh no, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm a junk food junkie. No, uh, no. Yep. I any hot dog, any corn dog. <laughs> any pizza, any cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is probably my favorite food. So catering to me, I just, I just eat to live. I, I don't, I don't sit down and eat. I don't take a lot of time to eat. I'm not very picky. I just don't want chicken or fish because chicken has bone and fish has a bone also. I just want to eat and keep moving. So So you
0: like inhale it. Just.
2: I do. I I eat pretty fast and and junk food, any, any junk food I'm good with.
1: So you just shared a the greatest Charlie Pride story. What's the greatest Neil McCoy story?
2: Oh my gosh!
1: I guess none. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank you, thank you, Justin. <laughs> I've been Sorry about that, Justin. I got you. <laughs> I will tell you one of one of my my favorite places to entertain, and I and I've done a lot and and been all over the world, but I've done a lot of USO tours, uh, and probably any of those trips into into theater, Afghanistan and Iraq. And I've been on a lot of those trips. It's just, it's such a rewarding feeling uh, just to, to be there with the troops, guys and girls. And and every once in a while, you don't even have really time to do shows. And some of these forward post, outgoing post or whatever they're called. And, and you get out there and no place to do a show or even grab a guitar or anybody sing. You just uh, hugging the neck and shaking the hand. And you, and you can see their gratefulness in their eyes when they, when they say, if they shake your hand and say, we can't thank you enough for coming over here. It just it moves you to a spot that that sometimes you almost have to. I've turned before and I act like I got some of my eye or something, you know, just to to dry your, to dry your face off because mm-hmm. it's so moving and understanding what they're doing and also understanding though, that not not all those troops are in those situations at all times. Some never get in those situations. Uh, but, but just to know that they are over there and they could at any time uh, and, and they're there to take care of us and, and never look back. It's just very rewarding to to do those shows when you're, mm-hmm. when they're in hot spots over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you met some big fans while you've been over there?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have. And some, and, and just recently I, well, I, I go every one of those tours I've been on with Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton kind of took over the celebrity baton from Bob Hope when Bob Hope, Mm -hmm. He wasn't doing those USO tours anymore. Uh, Wayne kind of took that over. And somehow Wayne found me 20 years ago and and I went with him and and we just became fast friends. And Wayne told me on the very first trip, and we've done like 17 together. uh, He said, you'll find people, Neil. He said, this is going to be something you've never experienced. You'll meet people today or on this trip that you'll run into five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now and they'll say, hey, I got to see you, he said, and it'll just light your heart up, and, and I did, and I do, and and I, the other night, we played in Montgomery, Texas at an outdoor festival kind of thing, and a kid, or I say a kid, uh, a young man came up to me and said, Mr. McCoy, he said, or Mr. McCoy, he said, I saw you on a USO show, he said, you were in Iraq, and you, y'all come out, and were visiting a bunch of injured folks at a, at a, outdoor tent hospital, we'd set up a tent hospital. And he said, I was working there trying to save people's lives. And he said, I'll never forget, you went around and you talked to every person. He said, you didn't you didn't just shun people off. He said, you talked to to the patients, to the doctors, to the nurses. And he said, it always, it stuck in my mind. And he said, and I, I saw you were here tonight. So I wanted to come and tell you, thank you very much. So it was 2003 in Iraq, and he came and took a picture of them with me. And he sent me when he got home, he sent me the picture of, of him and I together in 2003. And then 2021. And he said, he said, shortly after that, i was, I'd been saving people's lives. And he said, I just don't want to do this anymore. He said, because so I kept, became a Green Beret. And he said, I retired out of the army at a, a Green Beret on numerous deployments. Uh, and and I just I just it just I can't more just to have an opportunity just to remember back and think, oh, my gosh, I remember being in that tent hospital. I remember seeing some of those wounded troops and, and how just it just took you over, uh, and he was one of those guys that was there trying to save him. And, and for him to find me, just come to the show because he knew I was going to be there. 18 years later, I've, and I, every time I every time I meet one of them, and it happens two or three times a year, I always think of Wayne Newton. I said Wayne told me that this mm-hmm. would happen. Great. Mm-hmm.
1: On the other side of the coin.
2: Uh oh. Let me flip uh- it over
1: about meeting your fans Mm -hmm. give us some very odd embarrassing uncomfortable meet and greet moments because your fans are hardcore yeah they're hard (laughs) they're in it to win it
2: (laughs) very loyal yeah and and i tell them all the time and tell people i said we may not have the numbers that that some of these well we're not may we don't have the numbers that some of these guys and girls have but i said i've if we were gonna, uh, if we're gonna have a tug of war, I'm pulling for my team because mm-hmm. they would refuse to lose. I mean, mm-hmm. they they are they are stout and and they support in every way they can. If it's vote for something or buy a T-shirt or or buy a ticket, they are they are avid. And I think that comes from growing up in the old school days. And 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 I'll get back to your question. We grew up. We were trying to have. We were having hits in the 90s, uh, which now is is the older generation to the young people like the Charlie Pryons and the Conway Twitties and George Jones, that whole generation before us, we, we got in on the tail end of, of people supporting the artist. Uh, And, and because when they got, you got to know you, they loved you. They like you. So I could have released Humpty Dumpty or four leaf clover and they would have bought it because they like me as an artist. They, they know me. They know about my family. They know who I am. I don't, so they like me, same thing with Charlie and them. Now the new generation, they don't, I don't know that they have that. They have the younger generation, which are are kind of wishy-washy. They they like the the new song of the week, you know, they'll they'll jump around. And I don't think they get to know the artist mm-hmm. like like our generation did. So in that, when we were having hits in the 90s, we did all the extra things to take all the time with them and, and spend with them and visit with them to where now I'm 62, where they've got. You know, a lot of those people are my age, a little younger, a little older, but they they will won't quit supporting Neil McCoy until I kick the bucket mm-hmm. because they are fans of mine, not just Wink or The Shake or Songs. They're fans of you. They like me as a person. And that's mm-hmm. that's what they did with the old artist. They would fall in love or fall in like with the artist. And now they I don't know that they have time because they just don't get to see the this younger generation like they would and, and buy in all the people their age, you know, they, they, they like this person this week, but then they like this song next week. And I don't know that they dig deep enough to get to really know who they're even like.
0: Mm-hmm. But with uh, that, I mean, go into like your Facebook page. I mean, you yeah. do your pledge every morning. So you do the pledge of allegiance every morning. But with that, I mean, lo- reading what the fans have to say, they feel like they do like really know you for you, yeah. and like really attached to mm-hmm. that. And I think that's really cool.
2: Well, you know, and most of them do, are as much as they can, though, I don't, I'm with them every day, I'm with them mm-hmm. every morning, they see me talking, and then people subscribe to a, to a, a, another subscription page, they have 10 bucks a month called Just Talking, and I come back to them in the afternoon, and evening, so mm-hmm. it takes uh, about two hours, uh, two hours out of every day of my life for the last over five years, to commit to these folks, and so they do know you, they, they, they know my grandkids' names. When they send gifts, they send grandkids' gifts. They send everything because they're on. They'll do the pledge with me. They know Suede, my son. They know my daughter Mickey. They know our in-laws. They know everything about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we come to them from the bus. And they, it is a true, it is a true reality relationship. Not not just sold as a reality show. It is real because I am live every mm-hmm. day, and it's mm-hmm. it's never taped. Nothing's ever staged. I just turn on, and we kind of. Go with it. So they they do not only feel like they know you, but they know a great deal about you. And Mm -hmm. and that's good and bad, probably. I I I guess they can know too much about you, unless you're trying to hide something. Don't I don't have a lot to hide. So, as long as they don't dig too deep.
0: Okay, so then back to Bruce's question about the: Have you ever been in a meet and greet where someone does kind of go a little too far, and you're like? "Mm."
1: Yeah, now that you procrastinated long enough, let, <laughs> give it up.
2: I was trying to put it off. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we not out of time? Oh
1: no, no we got. We, got plenty we of have time. hours. We right. have. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, Neil.
1: We're just sitting here chatting, my man. Come <laughs> on, just chatting. Come on. You know what? I
2: I'm trying to think if anybody's gone too far. It, no I guess... I'm
1: sure someone's oh, proposed. Oh come
2: on! Everybody's got someone's something.
0: Proposed. Someone's got a tattoo. Someone. Uh,
2: oh yeah, they've got tattoos.
1: And don't give us the yeah, I just signed someone's boob and all that. It's got to be something uh-huh. better than yeah, that. Yeah,
2: that is so. I've seen so many boobs. That's so. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I don't, I don't no. think.
1: I don't think Les has. <laughs> yeah, Les,
2: Les. Les is sitting right there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he has it. Cash if it Les, needs, by accident. Pass.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm at him. Oh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Lovely, love you, Les. You Les. know. Thanks,
2: Justin. I, I tell you that, there you go. I want tell you this. I did sign. This is this is kind of weird. I signed a girl's calf. My name and, and a few shows later. Saw, and she had a she had a tattoo, Neil McCoy, on her on her leg. She gets married. The husband shows up with a Neil McCoy tattoo on his leg. It's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Maybe they wanted to take it one step further than any of y'all are even thinking
1: uh we can think pretty good (laughs) yeah see i was hoping when you said a woman wanted you to sign her calf i thought you were playing some fair and they actually brought brought in in like a baby (laughs) i will
2: will tell you this i signed a person's horse at a fair and not the saddle not the blanket the horse Hmm.
1: with a sharpie and uh what
2: I tried to explain to him this, you know, this probably ain't going to last. You're going to put a blanket on it, ride him one time, it's going to be gone. Yeah. Pretty weird.
1: Uh, (laughs) Where on the horse?
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) now there's the story. Yeah, that's the story. (laughs) Come on now. Yeah.
1: Okay. She was a girl, Bruce. (laughs) All right. I'm just asking the questions here. Which way is catering (laughs) with Justine. Yeah. <laughs> was there ever a kind of a funny moment with Charlie Pride?
0: Because his fans were his fans were kind of diehards too. Hey? Yeah,
2: they were they were avid fans. Yeah. Uh, with with Charlie, let me think.
1: Or was there some fun story when you were all on the Lear jet together?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, he didn't have a jet. He had a turbo prop. Oh, turbo prop. Yeah, he had a turbo. Yeah. But I would tell you this: one of the funny stories that Charlie Charlie loves to gamble. If you, if you play casinos, he's always in the casino pulling slots or he's, he loves slot machines, but he played a little blackjack stuff like that. He loved to gamble, but musicians, as a rule, we have nothing unless your name is Charlie Pride and then you have a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were on the road with him and we, we play on the plane, believe it or not, on the plane, we play poker and probably three or four four or five guys would get in and Charlie, he had to win. I mean, he just had everything he did. So when he. We play a few hands, I don't know, you know, dollar, two dollars, what we we're playing for. And he had finally, when he and he hadn't won, he he would he do this notoriously and then the game would end. He'd say, say, so, okay, Charlie, what you need? He said, well, he said, I'm a, uh I'll bet a thousand dollars. And he put a thousand dollars down. Mm. And we just folded. Shit, couldn't yeah. nobody have a thousand dollars. So he that was it. He got tired, I'm not losing anymore. I I raise you a thousand dollars.
1: I, I kind of figured you guys just diplomatically to save your position in the band would just Charlie would always win.
0: Yeah, I got a full house, but just kidding. I yeah, got I'm a just you win. fold, you win.
1: <laughs> I, keep, I, keep, I keep my job for the next day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, in a, in a sense, we did do that when he put the big money down. Then that's when we diplomatically said, "Okay, we fold. Yeah. Oh, my card's no good."
0: Back then, you didn't have the thousand dollars. So no one
1: kind of stepped up and called his bluff.
2: (laughs) No one had a thousand dollars cash. Shit.
1: (laughs) Well, I thought maybe you know keys to your Camaro or whatever it was.
2: Camaro, golly, I love
1: that. Yeah, your Mustang or uh, maybe less. Maybe less was driving a Pinto back then (laughs) or a Gremlin. Oh,
2: worse. (laughs) What was it? What was it? He in high school. He had a grandma in high school. See? Oh, I, nice. Yeah, all right. All right. I had a 63 Pontiac Catalina. Oh, um, there we go. Yeah. Big long yeah. ugly car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you a car? Are you a car guy, Neil?
2: You know what? I'm not. I'm a pickup guy. Okay. Uh, even I, I like muscle cars. I like to see them. I would like to have one, but I I did I used to own a 66 Corvette Stingray with a 427, <laughs> four and floor, and, and it was fun to drive but I'm not a, I'm not a very good mechanic. So it was a white convertible and so I I kept it. That's when, you know, when you start doing good, you buy stupid stuff. Uh, (laughs) But I I didn't know how to work on it very well. So anytime I'd go to drive it, a lot of times it'd be a beautiful day and I'd try and crank it and have something in the carburetor. And then I just didn't, I I couldn't run. So I just got tired of messing with it and just sold it. Mm.
1: Come on, you're Neil McCoy, you got people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're talking to the Neil McCoy's people right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just him, Hi.
1: <laughs> it sounds like you guys really have a good time on stage and at your shows and with your fans. Do you have any traditions or rituals or things you do yeah. before a show or after a show?
2: You know, before the show, I used to sing to warm up. I still do some uh, because as you get older, it's harder to just... Jump and, and and run vocally, mm-hmm. uh, but but I will I will forego that because I used to make fun of when I was going on stage I mean of course I was younger and and I'd see people trying to stretch and limber up and you know and kind of stuff and I and I just not to them but to myself I said oh my God look at this old timer you got to just stretch it out and <laughs> move it around I guess a little bit and and now I do that uh, yeah. before shows I try and I'm the old guy so I try and make sure I'm not going to go out there and hurt anything and. And so if I first time I've been down or squat down or moonwalk, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing it right.
0: Yeah. You don't want to like pull a muscle while climbing a roof. That's
2: that's exactly right. Right.
1: (laughs) So how did that climbing come about? I mean, did someone dare you to start Mm. that or did you just, it just, it just clicked.
2: (laughs) It's the wanting to a lot of times it took place at festivals where you have three or four days of music and a lot of great acts coming in. And my goal at the end of those festivals, when people left Monday or Tuesday and saw somebody else, I wanted them to talk about the Neil McCoy Show. I mm-hmm. wanted them, I wanted to be top of mind. And and we have been able to do that quite a bit. And, and it's not, maybe not because we don't have as many hits as a lot of people, but we work hard to entertain you. We are going to do the extra things. Sometimes that extra thing meant doing something kind of crazy. Mm-hmm uh and but we weren't just doing it to be freaks or anything we were still providing good music but just to to, sh- to say to show them i'm here for you i am i am going to give you everything i have and uh, and nothing less and it seemed to work your internet connection is unstable says mm-hmm. right here on my thing
1: mm-hmm. why why do you think you're so popular over the years and just by looking at Every time I see your name come through on offers or shows or what have you, why is the Midwest seem to be so in tune with you? Country concert, it's Ohio. You're up in Wisconsin doing Hodag and you're doing all the county festivals, you know, in the Midwest. It just seems like you're here all the time, which is great. But what do you think that connection is?
2: I don't know. I, I accuse Wisconsin people and the Ohio folks, and those people are pretty passionate about everything they do. Uh, and, and that includes listening to their country music and going and supporting their country music acts. So I am passionate about my entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they they realize that. They know I'm not laying that down on them. I'm not ever mailing it in. I'm going to give them – and they are the same way, those fans up there – they, they love their football. They love their country music. They love their drinking. They're, and they're all in on what they choose to be in on. And so I think when you get an entertainer like me, that, that they know every time they're going to come see me, here we go. It's their mm-hmm. attitude is, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for today. We deliver. I mean, we got, we're going to give you what we got. And, and we got a lot to give you.
0: Mm-hmm. We're never
2: going to hold back. And, and, they, and, they, and they're, those, all those people up in that Midwest give it back to you. And when you when you got an artist that's, that's trying hard and they're trying hard, uh, it, is, it is truly, when the show's over and, and I leave a stage, it is, it is like everybody feels like that was right. They got to see somebody that they really like and, and I got to have a great crowd and walk off and say, that is why I do this. But mm-hmm. I get that feeling no other place than, than, than the Midwest.
1: And now after they hear that podcast, they're gonna be <laughs> saying in the crowd, you know what? If Neil doesn't bring it, he's yeah. firing his band.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh no, don't fire the band. But I do have to say, I think the people of the Midwest would really like to see you grow back
1: that ponytail.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, right? Them. Am I right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That, well, that's a that's a good thing there. Yep.
2: That was, actually, yeah, that was actually <laughs> a pretty full-fledged mullet. I did, and I got, I just got tired of messing with it. And and you're a girl. Uh, I Justin,
0: am. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. am. <laughs> so, Jolene, Julie, Jessica, yeah. whatever. Jackie. Whatever your face is. Yeah.
2: So I, I had, you know, I had long hair, and but it was nappy hair. So I'd have to, every show, it took about an hour just to fix my dang hair. I'd have to, I'd gel it. And Then diffuse it, you know, so it wouldn't be frizzy. Right. And then you're at your outdoor outdoor fair. You walk out, you know, it's 90 degrees. The second you walk out, you just go, Phew. so I just said I, I did it for a long, long time. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is just not worth it. I'm cutting this mess off.
0: See, but you didn't have a specific hair person. You did it all? You didn't have like your yeah. hair girl. Yeah, I've been like- reading
2: too many books and seeing too many movies. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? No, I'm you're I'm the I'm the guy.
1: Mm. So has anybody named that mullet? Because uh, I know Tracy Lawrence uh, had Nobody a, mu- a mullet, had Tracy. a mullet that you named when you saw it. Oh yeah. Do you remember that?
2: that? Yeah, but I don't remember what I said.
1: So Tracy, we were we were dogging him on his.
0: He was fun. Yeah. He that was really that
1: fun. mullet was just, I don't know what that was. Yeah, that was an attempt
2: uh, at a mullet. That was no mullet.
1: He said that Neil McCoy termed my mullet a cur mullet.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cause it was
1: so curly and just like. Just all over the place. And then I remember James Otto told me one time, the best mullet he saw was Blake Shelton. And yeah. he called that a Kentucky waterfall mullet.
2: Oh yeah, so did oh, anybody? Well, yeah, yeah, did we anybody name, yours, name the
1: Neil McCoy mullet?
2: God, you know, I don't, I don't. If they did, they never, they never said it to my face. But it <laughs> all
0: right, well, if we ever find it out, we'll let, I'll let you know.
2: Please do. Maybe,
1: we'll ask around. Maybe George moffitt has got a name for that mullet.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, George got it. George probably got a name and a nickname for everybody in this business because he's worked with them all. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. many times. So, how was that flying around with Charlie on his jet?
2: It was or, great, or but actually, prop. yeah, his turbo prop, jet yeah, or what they but call still, it. it. Still, it was pretty cool because he lives in, he lives in, and still, or he, when he passed, he was living in Dallas, had been in Dallas for a lot of years. So, when I met him in the early 80s or 81, he had that turbo prop jet. So, I would go from mowing yards. I started, I had my own lawn business. I'd mow yards Monday through Thursday. Uh, and then I would, I would drive to Dallas and I'd go out on, I'd fly with him Friday and Saturday to shows come back Sunday and mow yards again, Monday through Thursday. So it was a very humbling experience. And I, and I joke about it you know, all the time. In that I started at the top and have gradually worked my way down because I started with a guy that did have a plane yeah, and, and flew everywhere. And so I have worked my way down to a bus and, and, who knows where I'll end up next probably homeless
1: <laughs> you're gonna be in Les's I'll say
0: you can uh, live with Les
2: <laughs> what'd you say Justin?
0: I said you can live with Les
2: yeah I can live with oh yeah my wife would like she thinks we are already an item anyway she's, she jokes because my wife and I've been married a little over 40 years and Les and I've been together for about 30 and so she says that she is that he's the lover and she's the cover <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably weird. one of those things. Y'all yeah, guess, y'all use so. that. You can, it's a, one of those things you, you'll edit out. You man. may want to edit that one, but I don't care. Leave it in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: we're going to edit it, but then we'll make a promo and the greatest hits out of it. <laughs> <laughs> way to light like, like call, time, Bolton. Well, Neil, this has been great. We really appreciate you being, you know, candid with us. and. That's kind of what our podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. Just kind of sitting around and it's like we're backstage or on your bus or in your Gremlin or whatever, just, you know, telling stories and spinning yarns. So we really appreciate your time today.
2: You're welcome. I appreciate you talking to me. Well, now what we all do with this thing? Exactly. Delete it. (laughs) Right answer, Justin.
1: (laughs) It's Justine. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But, but like, uh, but like. He's
2: Bryce and you're Justin. Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. yes. That's yes. It. yes. Yeah. So but you no. already forgot Justin. Oh my God.
0: It's Jolene. Jezebel. Jesse? Yeah. Jessica? You
2: are a little Jezebel.
1: Hmm. Oh. <laughs> see. See now Neil's playing it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. <laughs>
2: you would know said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> see, <laughs> I, I, you know, you ought to have the you ought to have the, the other side of instead of where is Caterin, where is Justine?
0: Oh, like where in the world is Carmen San Diego?
1: I don't I don't know the way things have been going, you could just ask Les.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, Les is blowing up my phone. Just oh shit, Les is calling again. Les is checking in phone.
1: every day. Here you go. You are. Oh
0: my god. Am I am I right? right.
1: And we're I looking at we're He's, looking at Les's phone and it has just needs Facebook. There's face. my face.
0: I see my face, Les. Uh, hey, hey,
2: hey, you're tracked now. I you know. got a tracker on you now. Oh my god.
0: Privacy settings So on let's that see. <laughs>
1: so let's see. What are we gonna do with this? Uh okay, delete. Yeah, so. <laughs> Toby Keith was on with us, which was great. And yeah. Tracy Bird, we Tracy had Tracy Bird. Bird, we had Bird on. Great
2: guy. Very very normal people in there that are full of shit. A lot of them. <laughs> them. <laughs> Bird yeah, he's not. yeah. He's not. He's Ron, right he's he's normal. He's a well, you kid. guys
1: were all kind of successful in the 90s at the same we were. time where I mean like Tracy Lawrence yeah. and Tracy bird and mm-hmm. Neil McCoy and um so you there guys is. probably were yeah yes and yeah. you guys were probably hanging a lot I mean you were probably we were. on shows together and
2: and bird you know. and I are both from Texas so we we just seem to relate and, and and we've helped each other do some different things and with charities and stuff and he's just a I didn't I, you can name a whole bunch of people, but they're, they're not much nicer than bird comes. I just, I really respect him. I think he's a good dude. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he, had, was, he was very nice. Yeah, we, had a, good, yeah, we yeah. had a good time with him. He he just couldn't grow a mullet, but he was no. the only one that could still keep his hair, he said. Yeah. He, he, that, that's exactly
2: right. So we had to grow mullets. That's exactly <laughs> right. right. Yeah, and right. He, he had, had pull him over.
1: He gave us the story of he had more of a like a helmet
2: and it would just have
1: yeah. hair. Out. And yeah, yeah, so that's why he wore cowboy hats and then one time he went to an award show and he's like you know what i'm not gonna wear the cowboy hat <laughs> yeah. and clint black walked past him and said hey what are you doing and he's like what and he's like put the hat back on <laughs> 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 uh,
2: yeah. that sounded like something clint would say uh, the guys from the 90s were just if you ask me we were just i don't know shit we were just normal
1: working. normal people
2: normal yes ma'am yeah you
1: guys were just going out making music having a great mm-hmm. time i mean it's yeah. you know but that was the time then
2: mm-hmm. yeah if, if you ask us it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well do you remember I don't but remember. uh but yeah, yeah i mean if you look up our podcast maybe less can do that for you um yeah, it, but too. you know listen to a couple of them off
2: our facebook page well yeah
1: shit they're on my facebook page less <laughs> yeah.
2: you can find anybody just type your name in just type your name in
1: yeah 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 does less go on as less or is it like oh i don't know you know
2: she said oh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't go on his Out you know to you know, watch out! There's a big head. Coming. Yeah, there we go. There he is. It's like Macy's wow. Day Parade.
1: Yeah, that yeah, is. Right? I don't know that nose in there. That Boy, looks, I don't know that nose. That looks like a party favor in there. He's got a. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my goodness, we are going down the,
1: oh, yeah, deep this deep end is, over uh, here. Yeah, I hear you. No, but no, we appreciate the time, Neil. This has yes, been. Sir. Yeah, it blast. Is, yeah, thank it's you. really been a lot of fun. So Thank
2: you, Bruce. Thank you, Justine. I enjoyed it, y'all. Yeah, Good.
1: thanks a lot for your well, time. You take and, care. Yep. And uh, right. we hope to
0: see you on the road.
1: Yeah. I hope so, too. Okay. Thank you. you. Take care. See you.
0: See you. See ya. Bruce and I want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce.
1: If you'd like to drop us a line, you can email us at whichwayiscatering at gmail.com or visit us at varietyattractions.com.
0: A big thank you to our sponsors, Brannigan Inc. and Spectrum Weather Insurance.
1: Which way is catering with Justine and Bruce?
0: Served up by variety attractions celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence.
1: That's fabulous.